HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by World's Best Cheese. For more information, visit wbcheese.com. I'm Damon Bolte, host of The Speakeasy. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hello and welcome to Cutting the Curd, broadcasting live from the Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Greg Glaze. On today's show, I have friend of Cutting the Curd, Matt Rubiner of Rubiner's Cheesemongers on the line. How you doing, Matt? Hey, Greg. You get that case Am I the only one? Oh, yeah, you're the only one. You're solo today, big guy. Solo. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing up there in, uh, in the, the Arctic tundra of, uh, what is that, southern Massachusetts? I don't even know where the hell you are. You're up there, this right? Is, uh, this is... Uh, deepest, darkest, western Massachusetts. Yeah, it's deep and dark out there. Did you get yeah. that case of prune juice I sent you? Oh, you're very kind, yes. I did. <laughs> Got to keep you regular, buddy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you How old are you? <laughs> um, you know, they, we, we don't divulge that kind of information, <laughs> you know? But you look great. <laughs> Absolutely. Made for radio, my friend. Made for radio. Um How's it? Is it your busy season up there, or slow season, or do you have those things up at Rubiner's? Are you just one big, long, you know, blockade of cheese selling? What's going on up there? No, if only. No, no, we're wildly seasonal. We go from we go from grand peaks to very deep, deep troughs. <laughs> um, deep troughs. Yeah, deep troughs. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, this is our historically slow, or at least weather-dependent, fragile period. Well, you've had a pretty uh, mild winter, though, right? This is the first blast yeah, they've given you. Yeah, but you. we also have skiing up here, so it's, you know, it's, uh, um, if, if there's no snow, the skiers don't come up. You know, we're like the closest skiing to uh, Manhattan, real sort of family skiing, so if those guys don't come up, our hot chocolate sales... Uh, <laughs> they um, plummet? <laughs> uh, we depend on those hot chocolate sales. <laughs> That's yeah, the market is on hot chocolate. Uh, yeah, pretty goddamn good. That's what I'm Actually saying. Actually, not ours. Uh, no? What are, you, what are you serving people out there? Uh, we make our own uh, proprietary blend of uh, fine French chocolates mixed with, uh, you know, some sort of organic sugar and and uh, bourbon vanilla, and mix that with some local cream, and yeah. And you're rocking exactly. it make out. no money on it at all. Yeah, but it tastes good. And all the all the snow bunnies that come and visit you <laughs> specifically, they just guzzle that down just to get a glimpse of you. I'm sure. You'd be surprised. <laughs> what do you got for good cheese up there, man? You got anything new this uh, this winter that you're you're stoked about? Uh, let's see. 
see, I knew you were going to ask me a bunch of questions. You should have submitted a few questions for my perusal. Perusal. Um, I uh, well, we just got our our uh, um, first of the year shipment of uh, Ruggles. Uh, yeah, you pieces. love them. I know I adore them so much, and I, I feel guilty when I uh, um, speak about them on the airways because they're so wildly unavailable. Um, but if you if you ever should should find them, they're just truly truly special. I mean, they're sort of in the category of like you know, so Young's cheeses from the West Coast. Yeah, very beautifully made, very simple, um, undeniably um, kind of francophile in their nature. They're little Valencay-looking things and little. Little discs and crotons and and uh, but just gorgeous, just really perfect cheeses. So they're all little goaties, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, they're all goat, and they make me those those always make me really happy. What right. else have you been getting? Uh, I don't know. We feel out of touch in January. We run things. Uh, we run down the inventory to just the uh, the bare minimums. To the bare minimums, but the things that uh, that we know we're just going to fly off the shelf regardless. So we're and, and then it's also you know the the. Um, this is the heart of fondue and raclette season. As yeah. well. So we'll stock up on that, and we've we've been you know very much um, well for a couple of years now, I think. But the the uh, um, raclette du Valais, the Brousson, you know, the thing that the that Gormino brings in, the yeah, Indy totally. by far, just absolutely beautiful. Um, and we've actually been toying with. Uh, um, you know, we have we're blessed with this this hearth in the cafe in our cafe. It's this mahogany-paneled room with this beautiful fireplace, and we've been putting half wheels of raclette stacked up on stones by the fire and scooping it out on potatoes and stuff, so that's pretty cool. Is that legal? Um, uh, <laughs> 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 no. If you'd like to make a call, please hang up. Nice. No, no, no. That's awesome. That's great. Um, yeah, I do that in Italy. I just leave something by the radiator, and then people just they just scrape it off the floor. It's pretty awesome. Um, yeah, Brooklyn Rock that. <laughs> but um, I do get. Um, have you have you tried this cheese? Do you buy anything from the Crown Finish um, for Crown Finish Caves? You know, I haven't yet, and I feel guilty that I haven't because it just seems so cool. I've I've, I've tasted things. I've, I've had some of the Parish things that have come out of there. Um, but uh, um, I've tasted a bunch of stuff. I don't have the notes in front of me to remind me what the hell they were. But but when I've been in Brooklyn, which I've been in a or in New York in general lately, I've uh, um, scrounged some of those things up. Yeah, they. Um, we'll, we'll we'll get them one of these days. They do this good cheese that I well this good cheese I just brought in. Yeah, um, um, they were a collaboration with the Springbrook Farms. They made this um, sort of Gruyere type uh, called Tubby. Which is really oh, good. I saw that. I mean, I saw that. Uh, you know, Instagrammed all over the place. It's so good. It's uh, velvety. Really? Yeah, melty and right, smooth. You better pick it up, there, Ruben, or you better pick it up. It's like well, I need an intro to those guys. I'm like a country yokel, as you know, and I don't uh, have the same uh, same level of uh, you know connection you got down there. Yeah, you're. Yeah, that. Yeah, I don't even. I don't even know what to make of that. I don't even know what to make of that. We'll we'll, we'll give you an intro. I promise that. Um, well, it's good to talk to you, man. I'm always loving to talk to you uh, because oh, you are remote, and I never get to see you. You skulk in and out of New York, and you you know you don't call, don't you don't skulk. do anything. I hold my head up high. Yeah, whatever. So um, today we're going to talk a little bit about some current events and cheese, you know. Um, yeah. And I'm sure you can opine on some things. Um, the first or make thing, shit up because, uh, as you said, <laughs> I'm extremely out of touch. You're good at making shit up, man. I like that about you. 
Um, so the first and biggest piece of news, um, which was mentioned on last week's episode about cheese guilds, is that the FDA announced it's pausing non-toxigenic E. coli testing while it reviews rules mandated by the Food Safety Modernization Act. Um, just a quick recap, the preventative controls for human food rule mandated by FISMA, which became final in September, requires that food protocols, uh, pr- food producers identify hazards in their products and operations and put controls in place to prevent or minimize these hazards. This, as many of you mm-hmm. Listening, no, is referred to as hazard analysis and critical control points, or HACCP. Um, and looking ahead, the FDA will take another look at what role non-toxigenic E. coli should have in identifying and preventing insanitary conditions and food safety hazards for both domestic and foreign cheese producers. You know, on paper, lots of non-toxigenic E. coli could mean poop or other contamination, but in practice and reality, non-toxigenic E. coli doesn't make people sick, and it's found in higher proportions in raw milk cheese. Um, and, you know, the FDA will also consider and update, as appropriate, the 2010 Compliance Policy guide which outlines safety criteria that guide reduced by 90 percent the amount of non-toxigenic e coli that can be in raw milk cheese Um, previously it was acceptable to have a level of 100 mpn which is most probable number per gram in two or more of five samples and uh, the 2010 guide reduced that to 10 mpn which made so many things unsaleable Uh, what do you think about this man what do you think i mean do you think that they'll hold to their to their ground it's pretty cool that they that they pulled that back i think yeah, you know, the, um, I wasn't sure if it was it was clear from uh, um, your what I hope you were reading from notes because if you were just dashing that off out of your head, I'm hanging up now. But um, <laughs> I'm a smart but the, guy. But but um, but that does the, everything you just read represents a a not a retreat perhaps, but a, um, certainly a softening of a position or at least a demonstration of a willingness to to revisit these issues, which, from my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, came from, um, you know, a little cajoling, um, um, you know, through, you know, beautifully presented letters signed by the appropriate, um, you know, members of Congress to, to the FDA, um, you know, from the, from the key daring states um, in, a, uh, in one of the few truly, truly bipartisan Letters ever signed when you have Paul Ryan and uh, and Bernie Sanders signed on the, the same, same letter. <laughs> <laughs> same letter. That's probably um, the only time in history that ever I mean, To me, I mean, one obviously breathe a sigh of relief. I think it was a pining last uh, or when I was last on a few weeks ago, which you know, of course, was billed as drunken, you know, uh, cheese stories or whatever. So of course, um, I got drunk and went on a number of uh, rants. I don't remember about what, but uh, oh, we remember. Uh, but I, but uh, um, but you know I think it, 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 the one thing I do remember is kind of saying look you know if they take this too far if if, if raw milk cheeses are ever so thoroughly restricted or banned you know it, it it takes so much of the fun and kind of the depth away of what you know I'm trying to do and what I think all cheesemongers of a certain seriousness are trying to do and I'd really have to think you know I'd have to rethink you know the if, uh, the future of my career. But to, to see them back off like this, it reminds me of what we saw, I don't know if you know now if it was months ago or even a year or two ago, when there was um, the you know, a concern expressed by the FDA, I think in response to some local, um, local uh, um, you know, uh, health authority um, about the safety of using wood boards sure. uh, to age cheeses, which is you know a a worldwide practice, you know, proven time and time again to be to be a safe practice. 
and at the time there was such a um, there was such um, you know a, a really you know, nothing short of a public outcry. I mean, it was in every it was in every newspaper, every blog, and not just cheese specific things. You know, Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, and everything. Um, and I was my head was just spinning. I couldn't believe that you know for, for ten years ago there wouldn't have been a sufficient kind of swath of the populace who would even know cheeses are aged on wooden boards or for that matter care. But there's been some sea change in the in the um, in people's awareness and people's appreciation for these things. That you know I don't ever remember a time when a general public you know outcry caused a government agency to rethink their position. You know, it just it's not something that just wouldn't have been on the radar of the you know the the, the population at large. And this is the same kind of thing in that it you know got gets lots of press. People you know surveys at the Cheese of Choice Coalition, or I think they've changed their name to the Old Ways. Know, the, the Old Ways organization. I think they tweaked the name. I can't remember, but um, you know that uh, Carlos Yescas is is heading up now, and um, you know did surveys that you know showed that that um, you know a much higher percentage of people that I thought you know thought deeply about these issues and, and cared about the fact that their cheeses were raw milk and understood what that what that meant. Um, and, and even understood some of the controversies, but also, you know, a lot of the, you know, potential, you know, health benefits and certainly benefits in terms of, you know, the flavor and character of the cheese. And to see, um, you know, to see a bureaucracy, an entrenched bureaucracy um, that has demonstrated over the, you know, certainly since I've been in the business, a willingness to wherever there was an opportunity, you know, just gum up the bit. works. Yeah. And then, you know, here they are, um, here they are. You know, rethinking their position. You know, vowing to look at the science a little more closely and work more closely with the, you know, with the cheesemakers and look at these issues, which is amazing. I, I think it speaks amazing. a lot to the quality of the cheese. You know, I mean, back and when the cheese, and the quality of the cheese and the consciousness of the people who who eat the cheese that this is even. Yeah. You know, that you can actually have a discussion about something as arcane as, you know, non toxinogenic E. coli. Yeah, absolutely. And this actually be a reasonably well, you know, known issue. And the, but what I mean by the quality is like the, the level artisan cheese making now compared to like when we were youngsters, you know, centuries yeah. ago, it's yeah. just different. I, re I remember the, you know, it, it would be tough to make a stance, I think, back in the day. Uh, back in the day, you know that that everything was safe and everything was was uh, above you know above the level. Uh, but you have these great organizations, places like Jasper Hill. They just keep moving forward. You know they yeah. and they they raise such a level of awareness, and their cheese is so good. You know, and the, and I think that the people they just don't want that to go away. It's really simple. If the cheese sucked, people wouldn't care. But when you take try to take away something that people like love and don't mind to spend money on, you know, yeah. I mean, there's such there's so little. Um, the freedom like to 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 eat good things I think in this world it's not it's 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 gone backwards so I'm I'm happy that people are aware you know what I mean like it's uh, no absolutely and the, you know I mean that's it kind of underscores what I was saying the the uh, um, you know I remember I remember um, several years back I can't remember the exact circumstances but there was talk about you know I'm just making this up but you know amending or whatever changing like the codex alimentarius or whatever and talking about actual worldwide bans of raw milk yeah I remember that Jesus. and you know of course they back off when when somebody lets them know you know hey parmigiano gruyere yeah these are these things don't exist in a uh, 
or at least, uh, you know, Parmigiano, Comte, things like that don't exist in a pasteurized form. And, and, uh, but, but here, you know, you have, because of places like, you know, Jasper Hill and, and many of, you know, of the, you know, burgeoning so quickly I can't keep track American cheese yeah, industry, it's just firmly rooted in, in the mind of, of consumers. And I don't mean just, uh, you know, the cognoscenti who, um, you know, it's everybody. So it's, uh, you know, and of course that's driven by the availability and the, you know, the, the rising tide of quality, which is so high. You know, I mean, I used to bitch about this 20 years ago where there were just cheese on the market, which was just patently not ready for the market. No, and it was three times the price, too. how they were too. there and how damaging that was. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's such a it's such a fragile issue. I remember, you know, early on when I was talking to Judy Shad at Capriole, and this must have been I don't know, 15 years ago or something, and she was saying, "Look, you know, we want all the inspection you can bring us. You know, just hold us to the letter. Hold Absolutely. us. Um, you know, make these laws very, very clear. Work with us. Inspect us. Keep us. You know, keep us all um, extremely honest. Because all it takes is one. All it takes is one thing to just bring this." you know, business to, you know, this industry to its knees, so, um, and, uh, but now it's just, it's just so firmly rooted, I think, in the, in the consciousness. And my customers come in, they say, you know, what do you have that's raw milk? Absolutely. And then I have to, it's not just, uh, you know, pregnant women trying to avoid everything we have <laughs> raw milk. It's people who are seeking these things out for whatever reason. Yep. Well, yep. good, good work, cheesemakers, good work, advocates, good work, consumers. Um, let's hope that this holds up. Um, you mentioned briefly um, Parmigiano Reggiano as being mm. um, uh, a raw milk cheese of, you know, of vast importance, you know. And um, this brings me to another um, interesting current event. Um, and, um, you know, I really like this. Uh, whenever I teach cheese classes, I always throw in this little bit of uh, BS, you know, that when I'm talking about grana and parmigiana, which I have to include in every, you know, uh, Italy cheese course under penalty yeah, of yeah. torture and death, um, you know, um, because, you know, these are like the mainstays. I always mention that back in the day, uh, parmigiano or some of these things were traded as currency. And um, yeah. this is happening again. Um, this... Um, this sort of this uh, Formadonna Casaficio d'Emilia made the news for selling bonds backed by Parmigiano Reggiano cheese, raising six million euros. So if you're looking for someone to invest some cash, but do you understand how traditional stocks and bonds work? Uh, maybe this is the right investment for you. This bank in uh, Reggio Emilia. Um, called Credito Emiliano. Um, they are they're taking you know it's it's really cool. They they. They take the cheese as insurance against your loan, and then they mature the cheese in like the air, like the climate-controlled vaults, for the duration of your loan. Which I think is pretty—that's pretty awesome <laughs> stuff. I mean, come on, man. That's like—I would love that. I, I would be—I would be. I, I, if I could just get one wheel of Parmigiano, like put appreciated value, that would be my entire savings account. You know, <laughs> what do you think about that? What, what do I think of that? Yeah, um, the I mean, this is this is a practice that's. I mean, I've never quite understood the economics of it, but uh, well, I, um, yeah, I was hoping I, you're smarter than me. I was hoping you ex- you could no, explain it. No, no, it to no, me. no. It, it turns out I'm not smarter than you at all. Um, <laughs> and uh, and uh, but I always have bitch that uh, you know I'll talk to my friends in the wine business and they'll they'll uh, talk about these extravagant sales to these collectors and uh, and of course we can't achieve that because very few people you know collect cheese. Because um, it typically would be a foolish, uh, you know, it's like those things from the uh, Franklin Mint or whatever they would really appreciate <laughs> yeah. value. In fact, they would just rot. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> those chocolate covered no, coins. I don't have anything uh, um, cogent or of even the most minor interest to your uh, listener, your your listening audience, uh, to add to this. Uh, well, you are my listening audience. I mean, you know, you you are. So I mean, you know, you're going to replay this. I have a one, uh, two or three people listen to this podcast. So when you replay it, you know, you can uh, <laughs> you can. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. That's I'm just right. kidding. Look, look, frankly, we, we get tons of we get tons of listeners. Let's move on to the next subject. And when you're on the list, like the listenership goes up exponentially. I'm going to tell you that much right now. <laughs> Six. I, d- I just thought it was cool. I, I just think it's neat that um, that um, that some that, that loans are backed by something tangible. I think is really uh, is really interesting. So it's, this is a good article. You know, it's in Forbes magazine. And check it out. All right, we're going to take a little bit of a break here, and we're going to come back and uh, shoot the bull a little bit more with Rubiner. Thanks. Today's program was brought to you by World's Best Cheese. The World's Best Cheeses offers a world-class selection of specialty foods, from fine artisanal domestic products to unique gourmet items from France, UK, Italy, Spain, Germany, Switzerland, Portugal, Denmark, Holland, Norway, and Canada. They offer over 2,500 delicious products, including world-class cheeses, crackers, dips, and spreads. They pride themselves on their commitment to service and their ability to find the products your customers want at great prices. For more information, visit WBCheese.com. Welcome back to Cutting the Curd. I'm here talking with Matt Rubiner up there at Rubiner's uh, Cheesemongers up there. How are you doing? you still on the line with us? Have you fallen asleep yet? No, I was asleep when you called. Oh, that's sweet. That's sweet. Um, it's good to just, <laughs> just talk a little. Talk a little. <laughs> you're the best man. Uh, talk a little goings on in cheese. Uh, I really do. I wanted to. I mentioned another cool thing that's happening um, upcoming. It's a little bit away, but a couple months, and it's uh, the next raw milk cheese um, appreciation day, uh, which oh, yeah. is really cool. Um, I love this. this is the second annual Raw Milk Cheese Appreciation Day. It's organized by the Cheese Coalition. Um, so it's a starting call for registered events. So we're starting a plan events for at Italy. We did a, um, a nice class and a special menu uh, that we put together, um, and the customers really liked it. Um, I mean, do you? What do you think about this day? Do you think it has an impact? I mean, you mentioned you had a lot of customers come in and ask for raw milk cheese. Um, do you talk to them about Raw Milk Cheese Day? Um, yeah, we, I, I got to admit we don't have quite our quite our uh, grand plan uh, fleshed out just yet. Last year we had you know various sales and tastings and so forth. Um, no, I think it's I think it's important. Um, the you know anything. I mean, the, the I thought, always thought that the most important thing about the 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 you know the the cheese of choice coalition came out and this was you know years ago and I think it kind of lay fallow for many years was. Because you know, to me, that is the that is, as you know, I think you'll agree, is the um, the the issue of raw milk to me so much is boils down to choice. Um, you know, the the raw milk, and you know, I've said this a million times, and so has everybody else. But raw milk cheeses are are uh, um, you know singled out among almost all foods for for a for a a, a you know a multi tiers of restriction. That one would expect more for you know controlled narcotics and the like. Yeah, or or just beef, or just beef, or or chicken. You know what I mean? Like yeah, a, I mean you can you can you can, you can eat sushi. Yeah, a warning label on the bottom of the label. 
are, are bottom of the menu. You can you can drink a you know fifth of whiskey till you die, and and there's there's a warning on the label. You can you know smoke three packs of cigarettes to the, a day. There's there's a warning on the label. Um, you know you can eat a jack in the box, and there's no warning at all probably. But, um, but usually you eat there after the fifth of whiskey, so you know the whole yeah. thing combines to to really hurt you in a lot of ways. <laughs> <laughs> I've but never the, eaten a jack in the box with, sober. With I'll tell cheese, you that. You know, it's it's with raw milk cheese, um, and I think I'm I'm probably not saying anything new, but um, is is uh, we're we're um, you know we're we're not even allowed to even you know even try this stuff. We're not allowed to possess it. We're not allowed to bring it into the country unless um, you know it's been aged for this you know semi arbitrary sixty days um, period after which it's thought to be safe. You know, according to most, you know, this is this is a you know fifty sixty year old rule that's that's been in place, you know, generally unquestioned for decades, um, and and um, and you know, we're, and we're just not you know offered a choice. There. So I think the genius of the you know the the when the co- the coalition first came out was was stressing this. It's like, look, you know, you know the well, and then, and then you to underscore you have the you know the notion that raw fluid milk. Um, which, you know, I know it has all sorts of potential health benefits and stuff, but it also has, um, you know, alleged benefits and stuff, but it also has, you know, in addition to great flavor, it's, you know, it's also no, no right-thinking person could look you in the face and with a straight face say there are no potential hazards to raw fluid milk. Look, it's a, you know, potentially very hazardous product, yet it's legal. Um, in, in, or at least it's up to the municipality. You know, here in Great Barrington, we're not allowed to sell it in the store, but you can buy it directly from, from the, the farm. farm. You know, in some states, you can, you know, they can wholesale it and buy it at the farm. You know, that is, you know, on the surface of things, you know, far more potentially hazardous than the cheeses. You know, a farmer who, who uh, um, milks cows and sells raw milk is perfectly legit. If he makes that same raw milk into a statistically far safer piece of cheese, um, you know, he's in violation of federal federal rules, not even just some local health department rule, violation of federal rules. So it's, it's this notion of, you know, kind of the unfair treatment of raw milk and, um, and the, 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 the notion that the, the important aspect of all this is, is choice. You know, obviously keeping safe, obviously increasing quality, um, and, you know, a good, a good firm inspection regime. Um, to make sure everybody's, you know, operating in a safe way with a potentially hazardous thing. But in, in the end, you know, we should have that choice whether we want to eat it or not. And I think the more, the more outreach you do, the more press, the more, um, you know, in-store things, the more, you know, uh, um, you know, programs to, to get this, you know, notion of choice and the, and the you know, the safety of Ramon cheese out there, you know, it, I, I think it's. I, I think you can't exaggerate how important this is because it's clearly you know these these things have begun to work over the decades. You know, just go back to what we were saying before. People know these issues. There's rarely does somebody come in the store who at least hasn't heard of the issue of raw milk. See, they we we, we it, get that. Whatever they they've heard of the issue. We get people you know, the opposite. Pretty amazing. Well, that's and so I think any event like this. Um, is 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 just a really huge potential, you know, short and long term value. I mean, for you, for you, I mean, you you have a shop. The, the 
you get specific customers in your, in your shop. I mean, you don't have the foot traffic, obviously. That obviously that a store like say like Italy has twenty third and fifth. We get a lot of people. And we got people that we have people in the class. We did a class last year, you know, yeah. on the values of raw milk cheese, and they didn't know there was a difference between raw and pasteurized cheese. I mean, uh-huh. there there's a goodly amount of people they have no idea. I, I think on a on a just on a base level uh, for consumers, it's just. They want things that taste good, you know? Um, a lot of times they want to feel like they're part of something, you know? So, you know, like raw milk cheese makes them feel like a little cooler because they know, right, right. you know, they know, like, they know this word raw or, the, you know, or the unpasteurized milk. And they really have no idea what it really means or why, you know, why pasteurization came about and why cheeses made with pasteurized milk are sometimes more dangerous than the ones made, you know, made with raw milk um, in oh, terms really, of their yeah. ability to fight off, um, you know, listeria and other, and other you know, bad things that happen to them so i think raw milk i like raw milk uh, cheese appreciation day and it gets you know we we gotta you know when you're in an operation like ours like you have to stack the deck in your favor so you know we 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 put parmigiano and we put grana on all of our cheese boards you know yeah. um and people have no idea they're like was well, this the grana i get in italy you know and uh, you know and i'm uh, my wife's pregnant and she can't eat this and but but she ate it in italy and you know they don't they don't understand um what the reason is for parmigiano being you know made from only raw milk you know it's not just an arbitrary law there's a reason you know and uh and I really think it's cool. So I, I mean, I'm. I think it's good. You better, you better go back and listen to this discussion, and then make your plans for Raw Milk Cheese Day. You know, Raw Milk Cheese Appreciation Day. I expect, I, am on it. I expect a class out of you. As I said, least. I was sleeping when you called. Yeah, I believe you. Um, another thing that's coming up is there's a new class of ACS certified cheese professionals that took their exam in San Francisco in January. So now there are more than 600 CCPs nationwide. Huh. Congrats are to you everyone a, who are passed. You a CCP? I am an uncertified cheesemonger. I am uncertified rogue cheesemonger. You know what I mean? I know. Us either. It's like, I, this is the first time this year. I don't want to disparage the test at all because I've never even seen the questions. But um, the this is the first year I thought, you know what? What the hell? I should stop kind of, you know, I should shake off this, this uh, you know, old notion. Hey, who, are these, who are these kids? These youngsters. Who are these what are they kids? doing? Who's going to tell me what I know about cheese, what I don't know about cheese? And, you know, I do sometimes, at least in just discussions I've had with people who are more familiar with the test, you know, sometimes, um, you know, it's these are not the sort of things I train my staff about necessarily. A lot of sure. it is, but a lot of it's not. And a lot of it is geared toward business on a, you know, a different, different level than we'll typically deal with in terms of, you know, just the knowledge of all the, of, you know, some of the more specific, even technical aspects of it that would be, you know, perhaps of more important to a company, um, you know, like Whole Foods or something. Sure, you, you teach the, them like I mean, when Matt's wearing sunglasses. But a little less relevant, you know, and it's just not how we we train the people. We train them in kind of the old school yeah. way to tell the story and to, and to you know, be, you know, be, you know, expert in the handling of things and in the knowledge of things and the ability to communicate their passions to the customers and, and, uh, um, and a little less on kind of the, the technical minutia that, that uh, you know, forms, a, I think, a goodly portion of, of this, this test. So it's not something that's been a priority for me, but now it's just kind of gotten big enough that, uh, you know, what the hell, you think hey, we'll pass? I won't pass, but 600, 600 uh, CCPs. I mean, when I started to do this, I, I don't know. I don't know that I could name five or six other people that, um, that, 
did this job on a professional level that I knew uh, when I started back uh, back when we were both uh, working in Boston in separate spots. And I think that's yeah. amazing. I think it's really amazing as a yardstick for how many people want to do this job, you know? Um, and uh, and I think that that's pretty cool, you know what I mean? Just to know that there's that many people out there that take it seriously enough to put down the coin to take the test yeah. and study. I'm not studying for any test. I took this job specifically so I don't have to study for any more tests. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like uh, <laughs> because right now you're, you're right. It is. It isn't kind of the sheer, the sheer numbers of it. That's cool. Um, I mean, the sheer number of. I mean, just like I said, even whether it be producers, other shops, and so forth, it's just impossible to keep track because it's it's just burgeoning and so so quickly. Um, and uh, um, and yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's a pretty remarkable thing that you know there are. I mean, there are 600 people, who, frankly, in this business who, you know, give a damn that much to take the test. I mean, we remember a time that there really just weren't, you know, there were a few dozen places around the country that we would, that you know, learn things from and that we really felt were really top-notch, sure. you know, cutting-edge stores. And that's just not the case. It's just, it's, I mean, it's fantastic. No, they were they were run and manned by straight-way weirdos like you and me who had been ostracized yeah. from proper society. This was the only place we could find, and now now there is a society. I don't know. That frightens me. I, I I'm sure I'll get kicked out some way. You know what I mean? Some way somehow. Um, well, finally, um, let's talk a little bit about some cheese references in pop culture recently. So I don't watch New Girl on Fox, but but a producer Emily Acosta does, and she informed me that in last week's episode, one of the characters ate a giant chunk of La Muse Scouta. You could identify the label if you're familiar with that cheese. Um, and another reference on Amazon's first original show, uh, Transparent, with Jeffrey Tambor, who's pretty awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Angelica Houston guest starred in the recent season, which dropped in December. And her character is a cheesemonger. Ah, um, oh, spoiler. <laughs> oh, I messed up. I messed up. I messed up. Uh, we did an episode last year about cheese and film, but it seems like there's like more and more references to cheese in pop culture. They're fun to spot. To, to spot. I think it's pretty cool when an actress plays a plays a cheesemonger, you know what I mean? Like, uh, or do you, do you think it's cool? I think it's pretty fancy. I think it's and cool. unbelievable. You know, it just you know, I think it's still it's it's kind of at the at the um, you know the core point of everything we've talked about today is that there's just a, it's just a different level of awareness and appreciation, and you know, and who knew that uh, um, who knew that you know that uh, you know a cheesemonger. Would be some. I mean, the first time they did the Cheesemonger Invitational, like 300 people showed up and had a party and essentially watched a few dozen guys, you know, do their job for 45 minutes. It just seems right. so absurd to me that people would be into this. And then, you know, you see how that's developed, and you just see that you know this is a sought-after you know profession for people, and it's and it's cool. And you take one look, you know. I mean, you go to the Cheesemonger Invitational, you or you you know you line up, you know, these 600, you know professionals and you know just uh you know they pass the eye test of just kind of you know cool young modern people i mean granted they you know tend to have a uh you know a geekish intensity about their you know approach to cheese which is which is thrilling but the idea i mean never before has there been this kind of appreciation but i also think the i also think this cheesemonger invitational you know um and our boy adam you know the adam moskowitz who who's you know this is his brainchild and and I think he's made a contribution through that and just in general um, to um, not just in the development of Larkin, you know, the, the, the business he owns and runs um, from this kind of, you know, behind the curtain, um, you know, you know, dark side sort of place, which is, you know, is kind of the, uh, 
the uh, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean that in a salty way. I think it's an awesome no, way because everyone kind of wanted in. You know, it was the but but to one thing that Adam did. Um, I think I think the one you know just crowning achievement that Adam did is he 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 brought the cheesemonger you know into the public uh, absolutely into the public absolutely. Eye. You know, was there were cheese makers. There were there were other people involved in the cheese business, but the you know the the celebration of the of the actual cheesemonger. Um, I mean, and it's pretty. I mean, we'll look up back on this and say, you know, this is when you know this this it's uh, a watershed part moment. of the industry, you know, flourished. Absolutely. I mean, what what you mentioned about how you teach how you teach people are the skills. It's the same for me. You teach them the skills that are applicable in like in things like the CMI. That's what it is. You know, those are the those are the things you have to do every day. You have to wrap cheese. You have to cut cheese. You have to develop your persona. You have to convince people to buy these things. You know, you have to be confident in all of the great things that that come along with being a, a cheesemonger or what that that event and what Adam promotes. And it's And that, I and I think that's I think it's kind of a new thing. You know, it was always it was always a cheesemaker or it was always a shop or an owner of the shop or particularly, you know, one of the you know kind of the leading lights of the business, Steve Jenkins or Max or um, you know, um, people who really, you know, wrote books and who, who you know, captured the public imagination. Um, but to, to, you know, the, the, um, to, to celebrate the, you know, the cheesemonger, the worker behind the counter. Absolutely. Celebrating their skills. I mean, it's just, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, I, I like it. And I like it. And, and uh, I love all the references to it in our culture. I love how it's a legitimate thing. Like, you know, but when I did it, I remember... Um, when I said I was going to move to New York and I was going to be a cheesemonger after I graduated from college, my expensive degree that I wasn't going to use at all, um, and I went to a little, a little uh, you know, graduation party, and the, my relatives wanted to give back the gifts they did because they were like, "You're going to move to New York and do and do what?" And they were like, <laughs> "They're like, what are you? Are you an asshole or a moron or both?" And I was like, oh, "Kind of both," but you know, here I am all this time later, and now um, it's like you know, you can say it's just different. It's just different and it's cool, and uh, you know, and I love that that it's out there. Um, like it's it amazing. Been. I mean, yeah. you know, butchers too, and like, who thought that you know there'd be, you know, some sort of you know, I don't know about full on Mick Jagger, but you know, rock star kind of you know indie rock star status, garage rock star status for you know cheesemongers. Hell, you know, if uh, um, you know. If I weren't a happily married man, you know how much you know how much action what we cheesemongers would be getting right now. I know some people who have some you know some full length ceiling posters of you above their bed, but you know <laughs> I'm not going to keep their names you know out of, <laughs> out of my mouth for now. <laughs> well, Matt, full length of me is not going to cover this. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> well, I'm going to close on that note. Um, and I just want to say, enjoy Matt, your meals, everybody. Enjoy <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on and talking about some current <laughs> events and cheese. Love you, man. Miss you. Coming to New York soon, and everybody, stay tuned Thank for you. more cutting the curd coming back at you next week Ciao. very good thanks Rob. bye thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org you can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching heritage radio network you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio you can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.